0: We're so glad that you're listening to The Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Austin. Y'all can be seated. And thank you, Carrie. Um, I wasn't here for rehearsal, so I didn't hear that version of Shout to the Lord. So I'm going to have that stuck in my head forever. Uh, Shout to the Lord. So good. Beautiful, beautiful. If you came here for the first time today, uh, if you're a guest with us today, we want to welcome you first and also say, you probably walked in and you're like, I thought we were coming to modern worship, and then to hear the song selections, we're in a series called uh, Throwback, and we're so glad that you're here uh, for that series. Uh, Before we talk about uh, today's psalm and uh, the scripture for today, let's pray together. Uh, Jesus, we thank you uh, for the gift of music, for the gift of nostalgia and remembering, for the perspective you give us of who you are and that we belong to you, we belong to one another, and we thank you for this place. Uh, We thank you for every person gathered in this place today, for the the burdens that they bear, for the joys that they're celebrating, uh, because we know that you hear us. You hear us right now in this moment. And so hear us as we uh, pray to you, as we wonder about you, as we open up the scriptures to hear a word from you. Incline your ear to us uh, as we incline our ear to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, like I said, we're in the series uh, called Throwback. We're not, I'm not reading the scripture at the top. So. But having the pad under the sermon, I should have told you, would have been pretty cool. Yeah, keep a chill vibe. I should have told you, my bad. Uh, good morning. Back up a little bit. Uh, we're in, just so everybody knows, that was my fault, not Carrie's fault. So yeah, just don't blame Carrie. Uh, we're in this series called Throwback, and the past couple of weeks, we've just been uh, revisiting some of these old songs. Uh, and I say old, it's all relative, right? Uh, And just thinking about my my youth group experience has been just a joy to remember the awkwardness that I've obviously held on to for a while and <laughs> still do uh, from time to time. Uh, but also just the wonder that you have as a younger person, the, the remembrance of what was going on in your life when you heard these songs. I was uh, talking with Landon in the back uh, about Shout to the Lord, and she was telling me that when they went to this other church when they were kids that she loved that song. She used to sing that song, Shout to the Lord. And that's what we're talking about today, is Shout to the Lord, uh, all the earth. Shout to the See, this is uh, going to be in there forever. I had not heard that version before. Uh, and uh, in, in thinking about not just the music, I mean, the the songs are just these strong senses tied to, to my memories. And so other things start to bubble up, not just my church experience as a kid. Uh, and maybe if you do or don't have a church experience, but you heard these other people sing these songs or something, other parts of your life start to bubble up. And one that bubbled up this week, just kind of out of nowhere that I was thinking about, and actually kind of miss uh, this in our lives. And maybe you still have one, I don't. Uh, But I remember this moment, my mom calling me and telling me that our home phone number was no longer gonna be functional uh, because she was getting rid of her home phone. and She doesn't have it anymore. Uh, And so I still know it uh, by heart and could call it, but my mom wouldn't pick up uh, because I have her cell phone number. Uh, do you, anybody else still have a home phone? This isn't to shame you. This is just a, the curiosity. Yeah, some people still do. It's a convenience. It's nice to have a home phone. Uh, but my mom, I remember she called me, and there was this kind of sadness about it, even though, like, it's nothing bad is happening. I just won't be able to call 479-968-7733 anymore. Uh, and some of you are writing it down. You're like, I'm going to try to call Colin's mom. Uh, <laughs> but it not it's not functional anymore. Uh, and one thing I remembered fondly about Uh, having a home phone. Oh, I didn't remember fondly, you know, that it shared the same line as the internet, so we couldn't both be on the phone and be on AOL Instant Messenger. Uh, uh, And also, uh, I have two sisters, and my older sister, I could say, faithfully, that she hogged most of the phone time. Uh, I didn't miss that at all. I don't miss uh, the screaming up the stairs, it's for you. Uh, one thing I do miss, this is a small thing, it's weird, is, and, and I guess you could still do this, but because you call someone's cell phone, you expect that that person's gonna pick up. That on a home phone, it could be, in my family, five different people. And so they'd call and they'd say, uh, Is Colin there? And you'd respond, if they said your name, anybody know? This is he. This is he. I don't answer like that anymore ever. And also, who decided that that was the way we're gonna like acknowledge our identity? This is he, it was like Shakespeare. You know, yes, this is he. Uh, and I don't do that anymore on the phone, but I have like a fond memory of that. And also this fond memory and a thing that also I still do is uh, answer the phone with a lower voice than I actually have. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> this is he, you know? Uh, I'm acknowledging my presence. Uh, and th- this is he, I mean, it's a, it's a functional way of saying, especially in a family where everybody says, my mom and my two sisters have the exact same voice. Uh, I don't think they do, but outsiders think that they do. Uh, that this is he or this is she identifies you and draws you out in distinction from other people. And I'll just kind of show my cards early here and say that's what worship is. When we say this is he about ourselves, in worship we're saying this is, this is he, this is God when I identify a good thing that has happened in our life, a blessing that we have, or an event in our life that's shaped us, we say, this is he, this is, this is God. And playfully at work, uh, Carrie and I have this thing, and I don't know when it started, but we do it all the time. like, a package comes in the mail, or we get a nice email, or there's leftover food in the break room, or something else, we say, look at God, you know? <laughs> something good happens. Look at God, won't he do it? You know? And like really small, like menial small things will say, look at God. And there's really, really minor things. But, but, but that's what worship is. And that's what we're doing when we say this is he. We're we're identifying. Okay, God did this. And even though we joke about it, I mean it's true. Like when there is Taco Cabana in the break room, look at God. You know, this is he. Look at this this bounty, these blessings he's bestowed upon us, you know? Look at God. And so, in thinking about Shout to the Lord, you know, none of these songs have a specific, only one scripture tied to them, because it's all intertextual, all of these, of, of these pieces of scripture tie together, and when we sing them, it reminds us of another one, and they're all tied together. But they all point back to this one thing, this idea of, of what it means to worship, what it means, really, when we sing any of these songs, to shout to the Lord, to, to utter something to God, and then to say with our voices to others, this thing that's happened, it was This God, he's responsible for it. And really, definitionally, truly, uh, down to its bare bones, that's what worship is. As we say, look at God, this is he. Any of you all done StrengthsFinder for your work, Gallup StrengthsFinder? Uh, I see some nodding back there. Uh, you get your top five strengths, and then they try to sell you, like, you can get a mug with your top five strengths on it, you know, remind you of, like, how gifted you are. Um, one of the strengths that I love that I do not possess, it's really low on my list, if you pay the extra money, you can see all of them ranked. This one's really low on my ranking, is Woo. Uh, people that have taken Strengths finder, anybody have Woo? My wife has Woo, you guys got Woo? Yeah, what is Woo? and it's pretty self-explanatory. It's it, woo, you know, it's exciting. Uh, I wish I had more woo, I love people with woo. I'm married to somebody that has woo and one of their strengths. Um, that, that's what worship is too, is not just identifying like, yeah, look at God, but this excitement, this, this joy, this, this overwhelming feeling that you, that you can't help but share, this, this compulsive attention to God. Uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, many of you know of him, uh, wrote The Chronicles of Narnia and Mere Christianity, famous Christian thinker, actually died on the same day uh, that JFK was assassinated, but we didn't know because this other thing was happening, but it kind of uh, was overlooked by this other event. But uh, incredible Christian thinker, probably one of the best ones of the past century or so, said that to celebrate something verbally is to complete its enjoyment. And that's a really wonderful thought they like, you imagine you eat a really tasty dessert and, you know, people overdo it, but you can't help sometimes but make a noise, you know? <laughs> or you watch a really good movie and you don't shut up about it. Or you make a new friend and, and, and you can't stop talking about them. Or you meet someone, you fall in love with them, and, and this, this compulsion, this compulsion just comes out of you to share about it, to, to say something about it, to, to make... Make a noise to acknowledge it. Again, truly, very specifically, down at the root, that's what worship is. And it's to utter out loud not keep to yourself because you can't. Just compulsively, you, you make a noise, you acknowledge, you, you point to and acknowledge who God is, and it completes your enjoyment of it. And so that's where we find ourselves in, in the Psalms today, and we're in Psalm 100, and you know, if you just start reading from Psalm 1 and, and keep going through the Psalms, uh, you know you'll get some wisdom and you'll get some positivity. But you know, a chunk into the Psalms, it's like what a downer. But if you want just woo in the Bible, if you start at Psalm 100 and, and keep reading. Uh, that's that's the rest of the Psalms. That's the rest of the Psalter, starting in Psalm 100. So the the beginning of this praise to God. Uh, that's what we're reading today, Psalm 100. And a good one to memorize, by the way, Psalm 100. It's five verses. So hear this from Psalm 100: Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is He that made us, and we are His. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's really simple if you read through Psalm 100 what, what the writer, the psalmist, was trying to convey uh, there's a command. It begins with a command. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. And it's imperative. Make a joyful noise. Woo. Yay. Excitement. Celebration. Singing. And you can imagine this is great multitude of people being commanded by a, a leader of worship for the early Israelites to hear this. Make a joyful noise all the earth. And it's all the earth in a, a couple of different capacities. It's all the earth that it's all peoples. Those kind of one of the unique things about the God of Israel is that he chose this one small nation, not for itself, but to bless the whole world. Make a joyful noise all the earth, all peoples, in all places, and it's centered around this group of people to then share that good news with everyone. And then I'm also reminded of Jesus in Luke 19. The the Pharisees tell Jesus, tell your followers to shut up. Tell your followers not to talk about this kingdom of God stuff anymore. And Jesus says back, well, if I tell them to shut up, the rocks will cry out. That there's even built in the very fabric of creation, not just in humanity, but every creature, a joyful noise comes and Jesus acknowledges it as a part of creation, and we see it here in Psalm 100. And second verse, it's not just a noise, just a, any sort of, any old noise, but worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. So we get a more specificity of what this joyful noise is. And we've talked about it several weeks ago, the kind of difference between happiness and joy, and this is joy. It's not just circumstantial like, okay, I'll praise God when things are going really well, but it's praise God with gladness, maybe defiantly, even when things aren't going well. Make a joyful noise all the earth, and make that joyful noise with gladness, with thanksgiving, with gratitude, and also with singing. And and it's in the Bible, even if you think you can't sing, it's commanded, (laughs) you got to. And I've shared this story before, but it bears repeating in this moment that I used to go to church sometimes with my friend Harrison, and his dad couldn't sing at all. But he did it anyway. <laughs> and loudly and joyfully with gratitude. And Harrison would be so embarrassed, but I was just full of wonder. Like, this guy's confident. <laughs> That's worshiping the Lord with gladness, coming to his presence with his singing. And then this third verse, it's a really interesting, you know, in, in the Hebrew, uh, know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We belong to God. Pretty simple truth. But The Hebrew is actually literally, know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, not us ourselves, is what the words are. That we didn't make ourselves. But most translations choose to render it, we are his, we belong to God. I think that packs more of a punch to say, it is he that made us. We didn't make ourselves. That we can make a joyful noise if we're asking the question, okay, why should I make a joyful noise? Why should I worship God? Why should I say, look at God? Well, it's because otherwise, right in this moment, your very creation, your very existence is being held by this one, you, not yourself. You didn't make yourself. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture, held in continuity all the way to the person of Jesus who says, I'm the good shepherd and a shepherd lays down his life for his flock, that for God to be our good shepherd, for God to see us as his sheep, and that we live in his pasture, is that God cares for and sees and holds us and provides for us. And enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise, give thanks to him, and bless his name. We we go over this. We breeze right past it if we don't think about God as king in context of a world with other kings who didn't invite you into their presence. And certainly not with singing and gladness and thanksgiving, uh, but like you got to (laughs) grovel to be in the king's presence. You have to turn your eyes downward. You have to use the right words. And hear it saying, come into God's presence, come into the actual king's presence with joy and singing and thanksgiving with loud shouts. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Again, look at God, ascribe to his name the things that he's done. And then finally, just like the the, the central piece of God's character is this, this Hebrew word, hesed, his loving kindness, his faithfulness, that he's faithful to the promise that he's made. For the Lord is good, his hesed, his steadfast love, endures forever. He's not king today and won't be king tomorrow. He won't be kind today and unkind tomorrow. He won't be faithful yesterday and not faithful tomorrow. He won't be a shepherd today and then abandon you tomorrow. His steadfast love endures forever. And so, continually, in every generation, in every person, in every family, you can say, It is He. This is He. Look at God. Uh, We sing every week here at Branches, and maybe you've been coming for a while and you've noticed this and wondered about it because I've had questions about it, uh, this song called The Doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God all creatures here below. And the tune that we sing it to is this tune called Old 100th, actually, uh, because the tune was originally written to sing the 100th psalm. And this tune that we sing it to is actually to old 100th was a hymn that was sung at the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. And then sung again in celebration, the 50th year, the the kind of remembrance of her coronation. They sang old 100th. And they sang it again at her funeral. And then we sing it every week. And and this this song, the doxology, the the word doxa, uh, this word that means glory. And so we glorify God, and the, 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 the idea of glory is this weighty light, that there's God and it's, he's emanating into the world, his presence, in blessings, and our relationships, and worship, and it's the reason then that we shout with acclamation, that we worship, that we lift up our voices in song. And so each week we sing the doxology and some of you are thinking like, it's just so Colin has some transition time from preaching to go backstage, maybe go to the bathroom and then come out and do communion. (laughs) But it actually serves a purpose for us because we we believe and we we teach and Christians have said for centuries that worship and the, the things that we sing out loud and we proclaim together actually form us and shape us. We don't like form and shape our ideas and then sing them We sing them, and then they have an impact on us. And so when we sing the doxology, when we sing this this short hymn together, we we sing, look at God. (laughs) Look at what he's done. We respond to the sermon, good or bad, (laughs) and say, even in spite of bad preaching, or even in spite of clumsy preaching, or even in spite of something going wrong, or even in spite of the power going out, or even in spite of something bad happening in our community, we say, praise God from whom all... Blessings flow. Look at him. This is he. This isn't a sermon about suffering, but it, it, it comes to mind. When we think about okay, sure, I can praise God when my life is going really well. Sure, I can praise God when things are happy and exciting. And sure, I can praise God when, when a, a new life has come along. Uh, but it's harder to say so. It's harder to shout to the Lord. It's harder to clap and sing and smile and wave back and forth in worship when something bad has happened. And maybe you've seen this. It's getting passed around. And it's an older interview, but it's just now kind of getting some more attention of Anderson Cooper interviewing Stephen Colbert. And I've seen it on TikTok, and then when they do that weird thing where they stitch it together, and then the other half is like someone playing with colored sand or something. Why do they do that? Anyway, uh, and... Anderson Cooper asks Stephen Colbert this question. He said, you told another uh, person that you have learned to love the thing that I most wish had not happened. And it's remarkable to listen to Anderson Cooper ask this question because he starts to cry just in answer, asking the question. I have learned to love the thing that I most wish had not happened. Uh, and he also says, you know, that, that every suffering is a gift. And like, this remarkable, bold thing for Stephen Colbert to believe. And he says, do you really believe that? Anderson Cooper does with tears in his eyes. And Stephen Colbert says, yeah, I do. And he says, it's not that I, that I wanted the thing to happen, the bad thing to happen. It's, it's not that, that I want it to happen to somebody else so they can experience it. It's that, in that, in that bad thing that happened, I realized that existence is a gift. To be alive is a gift. In other words, my existence, my very being here right now in this place is to say, look at God. And so we read the 100th Psalm or read any of these kind of shouts of acclamation. we can read it in solidarity with people who are feeling it. Read it for ourselves to maybe bring us out of a dark, despairing place to stand with people like Stephen Colbert and say, yeah, I've learned to love the thing I I most wish had not happened. Not because I wanted it to happen, because I can say, even in the midst of it, beyond circumstance, shout to the Lord, all the earth. Because I know if I keep quiet, I'm just going to hear it somewhere else because it forms our imagination and it, it shapes how we see the world and it shapes then how we invite other people into it. Uh, something, you know, really amazing is, is happening in this coming week. Uh, the simultaneous release of Oppenheimer and Barbie. <laughs> and I can think of no better metaphor, honestly. Look at God to give this, this beautiful in-person real-time illustration Uh <laughs> Of, of the kind of dark, dreary uh, Christopher Nolan parts of our lives and the bright pink Greta Gerwig facets of our lives, at the same time, intermixed, and not in conflict, but both present at the same time. What a better way to say like, yeah, even in the world of film and art, that these, these two things head to head, and you can listen to the actors talk about it, like we're glad that we're coming out at the same time, because it shows you know, the, the, the multitude of things that happen within human existence and the way we understand the world that then from a Christian perspective, we can say in both of those situations, look at God, look at what God has done. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, Barbie and Oppenheimer. And it's, and it's great. I was reading an article this morning. Christopher Nolan has faced this before. Uh, when The Dark Knight came out, his like biggest movie ever, the same weekend, Mamma Mia came out. <laughs> Dark Knight, Mamma Mia, Oppenheimer, Barbie, another one, personal favorite, Uh, The Matrix and 10 Things I Hate About You, same time, the human experience, Uh, who we are, Psalm 100. I (laughs) I was sitting in my office this morning, I am like, surely this has happened before. It has. (laughs) Because we know... uh, the utterance of our heart truly wants to be an acknowledge every facet of our experience, and from a Christian perspective in our, in our worship is to, to point it back to God. Then in our lowest of lows we can say with the psalmist, with shouts of acclamation, with joy and praise of who God is, even when things are tough, even when things are hard, the truth The command, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God, that he made us and we not ourselves. We didn't make ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good in the high and the low. And the very thing we most wish hadn't happened, his steadfast love endures forever forever. And our our suffering may be temporary, but it's real. But even in the midst of it, his steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. Long after we're gone, we're teaching and we're exemplifying and we're sharing with the world this instruction, this command to tell people, to instruct people, to guide people in this very simple practice with, with whatever we can muster in our lives to look at God. This is he. Shout to the Lord all the earth. And then when we sing the doxology together, we punctuate every moment. Dark, light, heavy, light, beautiful, ugly. We punctuate every moment. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Look at him, what he's done. Thanks be to God for that. Let's pray. God, we thank you for every experience that's brought into this place today. Uh, not for its own sake, uh, not for the suffering that all of us have endured, not for the hardship and heartache that we all bring into this place this morning, but because in the midst of it, in the middle of it, you are good and you are faithful. That in the middle of it, we can point away from ourselves and point to you and rest on your goodness and your faithfulness and your generosity to us. And then by that, that we can share it with the world, that we can point away from ourselves and point to you that we don't have to bear the burden of explaining the goodness of creation, that even if we were to keep quiet about it, your beautiful creation would shout it, your creation would share it, that we would hear all around us, if only we had ears to hear the voice of you reminding us of who you are and your goodness to us and for us. So when we come to this table today, uh, remind us to keep our eyes set on you and our hearts focused on who you are. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.